Today on Game & Watch It, we talk about RPGs. Yeah! Nerdy <laughs> <laughs> Gurgit! <laughs> To another episode of Game and Shit. I'm not uh, Rusty. I'm RZ. <laughs> Objection sustained. Oh, yes. yes. Good call. Yes. Good call. Good call. And today I have with me Polly. Sup? And Trickster. Bling bling. <laughs> so boys, what you playing? Okay. For the sake of full disclosure, disclosure, I want to apologize for my dog uh, because he's making a lot of noise right now and. If this gets picked up, I do apologize. Yeah, we're, we're running off of a, uh, a portable mic right now, so I know it's pretty sensitive, so you're going to hear a little, you know, scattering around. We'll do it live! We're doing it live. Um, but yeah, uh, what am I playing lately? Lately I've been playing uh, Far Cry 5, and basically that's all I've been playing for the last couple weeks or so. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun. I'm actually, I, lately I've actually realized that I'm kind of getting, I don't want to say sick of it, but it's getting to a point where, like, I'm, I'm almost ready to try something new the way, like, Paul, you've been talking about Nino Kuni 2 as of late. Yep. I, I really want to start playing that, so I might take a break from this pretty soon. But uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a it's a great game. Well, how does it compare to the uh, the previous installments? Because I I've played three and I have played yeah. two. The big difference. I've only played three and four. Mm -hmm. I haven't played anything before that. The big difference is the world is completely open from the start, and you don't have to climb any towers to unlock oh. things. <laughs> Thank God. So they really encourage exploration and like you know. You, so is the map fully revealed? There's like, when you look at the map, there's like fog on it, and when you're walking through, like the fog lifts. But okay. Like you can go anywhere from the start. Yeah, because I what I've heard is that even like some of the major bosses, you could choose and fight them in any particular order. It's not Ooh, linear yeah, in that extent. There's there's like three bo major bosses before the end boss, okay. so to speak, and um, they each have their different region on the map, so yeah. it's like split into three different areas. Um, they give you an idea of where you, that you should probably go to start. But you can go any yeah. any direction, any order you want. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and it's just like the exploration is is second to none. It's it's one of the like most enjoyable games I've played, where it just encourages exploration, and you want to go around and see what's around the next corner. You know, it's really cool. All right, yeah. it, it sounds kind of reminiscent of like Zelda, in a sense, where you like if you can battle any boss that you want at like any point in time, they've taken out. The towers to a certain degree, which I know Zelda still had, but you didn't necessarily need. Mm -hmm. I think that they're they're taking a page out of the book of Nintendo for open world games, making it a little more actually open world and not Horizon Zero Dawn, which is an open world game that's essentially just a series of lines that are all connecting with each other. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to see that you have those two genres or franchises that yeah. are now kind of merging or overlapping with one another. Polly's phone's going off. Tee -hee. Um, where you have Zelda becoming more open world, like more fry, Far Cry esque, and now Far Cry, with one good turning or deserving another, yep. is now doing something similar. Like I, I mean, they'd be foolish not to take advantage of something that's shown to be like so popular and well received in terms of like the true open world experience. Yeah, and like the Zelda comparison really isn't that far off. I mean, the only difference I would say is that I, Zelda's a lot harder. Yeah. Like with Far Cry, like you know, it, it's it's it, it can be tough, but for the most part, you you're pretty OP from the start. 
you know, unless you're playing yeah. it like hard mode, which I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's you know you 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 you're never really like wanting for ammo or gear or anything like that. Okay. Yeah. What about uh, what about com- certain complaints we've heard that you're just getting ambushed from enemies no matter where yes. you are for no reason? Yes. If before you before you like kill the main boss in each area and thereby liberate that area, yeah. you're you're getting mowed down by enemies left and right. Okay. Like there's there's very little room for actual relaxation and exploration because you're constantly fighting. So there's there is a bit much of that, but it's kind of just part of the game. You just get used to it. Okay. After a while, and like I say, you. You have so much ammo and gear that it's it's not that hard. Okay, so you never really feel like you're being smothered or whatever by just the amount of enemies that it's, you can't really explore as much because you're just getting. No, like it hasn't like, ruined uh, it hasn't ruined my time, but it, I, I it is a it's it, it's it's an understandable complaint. Okay, for sure. Yeah, uh, we're missing like the hard hitting question about this game though. Have you gotten cheeseburger? No, I haven't. <laughs> uh, the only thing I, the only thing I've done in regards to cheeseburger is. Uh, I, there's cheeseburger bobbleheads hidden throughout the world, oh, <laughs> and, nice. I, and, I, and I found a few of those. Uh, but no, I, I've only unlocked uh, the dog Boomer. Okay. Oh, nice! And I never use him because he yelps really terribly when he gets shot, and he, oh. and, and he can die not permanently, but he can die. And like you can kill him. Like one time, I was on a, uh, a an ATV, and I, I ran over him, and he just like <laughs> yelps and dies. Yeah, that's horrible. And then when they die, they, oh. when, when your companions die, they're out of action for like, you know, I think it's like 10 minutes or something. But okay. yeah. after that, I just, I, I don't usually play with any um, companions on it at all. I like doing a solo. Yeah. So I just don't really play with them. Yeah. All right. Well, fair enough. It's too yeah. traumatic. Yeah. yeah I, I hate I hate dogs dying in video games and movies yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. That, that definitely it's too much for sense. me. It's too much for me. All right. Humans are fine, though. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> Polly. I got a, I got quite a lineup. So, I, as you guys know, but our listeners don't, I was in uh, Mexico for a week with a few friends, and of course that meant massive gaming on my end. Oh, of course. Nothing says tropical oh. paradise like staying indoors with your Switch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 hey. I at least had fun while I was there. I was at the beach all the time. I had, got a wicked tan. Foam you party. Know, Foam party, which was disgusting, Don't but I was. Don't the foam at the foam party. Oh god, <laughs> that, that shit gets in your mouth. There's no way around it. That I is it terrible. <laughs> oh. That it does. <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, that was a fun piece, but I uh, I ended up playing on like some of the off times. So when we were in the in between that area of you know leaving the pool and like going for dinner or coming home from like a night of drinking, and I was still obviously awake and wanted to do something ridiculous, my switch came out. That was just kind of the way it was. But with that in mind. I uh, I started Enter the Gungeon. I want to do this really quickly, yes. just because I think that if you want to play a roguelike, and this is all I'm going to say, this is the game you buy. It's this pretty great, it. no? It is amazing. It's all been playing even while I'm at home. I, I yeah. played so much of it. It is awesome. Beyond that, I got a little game called uh, Chemical. Okay. It's uh, kind of... A oh, was very... it like K-A-M-I-K-O? Yes. Okay, yeah, I've seen it in the, um, in the shop. Yeah, it's awesome. It is great for what it is. The game is, I think, only $7 Canadian. Okay. So, like, probably, what, 5 bucks American. It's an easy buy, easy What kind of game, game is it? Uh, more like Zelda. Oh, like I've heard of this. Zelda I've games. heard of this. It's, yeah, it's like, yeah. really... Um... It's really kind of patterned on like uh, Link to the Past and and that yes. kind of that kind of thing, right? Yeah, it's yeah. it's more level based, if that makes any sense. So the way the game progresses is that it goes from a small sandbox where you have to unlock certain gates, find different things. You can find a couple of secrets within, 
that'll lead you to a boss. You defeat the boss, brings you to a completely different sandbox, rinse, repeat until the end. If I'm not mistaken, I think there's only four bosses, one boss obviously being a double boss, which is the final. But the big piece of this is the replayability. You can play as three separate characters that all control very differently. There's a um, an archer, which I started off as. Beat the game as the archer. It is awesome. Has a charge attack that sends arrows flying around you. And uh, you won't be able to find any more resources to use it again until you kill more enemies. Okay. So it really pushes the uh, the whole killing everything in your sight. And using... Okay. Using your supers uh, sparingly. So how long is like a playthrough on this if you've played it with three different characters? I've only played with the two uh, two of the three. Okay. But each playthrough will probably be about maybe two hours at the most. Okay. So small bite-sized game, but well worth it in my eyes. Yeah. Main character is, I'm assuming, Kamiko. Um, it, blue-haired girl, sword, little bit of a combo system built in there, so okay. way better than Link at sword fighting. Yeah. But still awesome, and I believe the third character, which I haven't played as, is a magician. Okay. Mage of Swords, red-colored, I can only assume she uses fire. Yeah. But the game is absolutely fantastic. If you're looking for a bite-sized game, this is the one to go for on your Switch. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah. What, what, I like that. What's your number rating? You know what? For what it is, in relative terms, the game is a solid, like, I'm going to say like a 9.5 out of 12. <laughs> It's, it's a yeah, solid game. Yeah, it's a solid game. Um, I do want to kind of double back to something I talked about a couple of podcasts ago, and that was uh, Kirby Star Allies. Okay. I kind of had my ups and downs with it. I know when I, I spoke about it last, I gave it like a, a raving review. Yeah. I loved it while I was playing it. I did not finish it while I was playing it. The main story is only four worlds long. Okay. Which is an all-time, like, short for Kirby. So that's like a two-hour... Like, two-hour window? Something like that? No, no, it was more than that. I mean, it still took about four or five hours to beat the four worlds. Yeah. It was fun while it lasted, but the big piece of this game... So, I I mean, I was instantly disappointed... Then it unlocks another mode for the game where you can actually play as the friends, yeah. in quotations. So it's the monsters that have come to your side, as well as the heroes that you can get at, like, I think maybe one or two points in the game. Okay. Those being Meta Knight, King DDD, and uh, the Waddle D that has, like, the spear. Okay. Those guys are, like, they're pretty cool. Playing as the, the friends is kind of cool, but for the heroes specifically, they change the game... And the level design to match that specific character. Okay, so at least it is like a different game. It's not just going through with different powers. Yeah, and I mean, even with that, it was cool, but it wasn't quite enough for me to really stand by my original rating Mm -hmm. until the free DLC came out. Ah. And that's a huge piece of this. There was an update that was released. It gave you um, three of the animals that you could be in Kirby's Dream Land 2. So the hamster, the owl, and the fish. Oh, Rick. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they were they were all they're all one character. So when you fly you turn into the owl. When you're okay. on the ground, you're Rick, and then when you're in the water, or when you do a down B, you instantly become the fish. Okay. And so you can, you know, cycle between those, which is really cool. And the biggest one, a playable character that we've never had in a Kirby game before, Marks. If you guys remember Marks. uh Did you guys ever play Kirby Superstar? Uh probably, but not that I can recall. Okay, at the end of Superstar in the final game, quote unquote, that you could play within this like series of mini games that is the game, 
was a boss that was like a weird, cute little jester thing. It had like the jester hat and these big googly eyes. Yeah. Huge bat wings, but it was crazy hard. Yeah. That's Marks. Okay. You can play as him. And he is easily the best character in that game. It is ridiculous. Yeah. The level has changed so much with him. His powers are all amazing. When you get different elemental powers, completely changes how you play as him. Mm -hmm. Which is awesome. And it's exactly what I wanted from the Kirby game, and it bumped up my level again. All right. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I, uh, I'm, I'm going to change my rating from I have no idea what the fuck I gave it before to a 7 out of 9.5. Right on. Because I'm pretty sure I gave it like a 9 out of 10, quote unquote, before. It's coming down a little bit. It's still a solid like in between a 7.5 and an 8, but it's is, a... Is it worth a full price buy? That's my concern. Like it doesn't. Like, is it, is it eighty bucks? Full price buy. I don't think so. I think the game was actually fifty. So with that in mind, mind you, don't quote me because it could be a full price game. If it is a full price game, you can wait a little bit unless you love Kirby, and I say go for it because the replayability is great. But maybe wait for it to come down to forty five bucks if it's not already there. That's what I'm gonna say. I'm just yeah. checking uh, Amazon. Ah, oh, fact check. Seventy-nine eighty-nine. Oh, yeah. So hold off unless you're a huge Kirby fan, and if that's the case, you probably already own it. So fair enough. Yeah. Now the last, then, last, last thing and is then. Trickster. Last episode was talking about how disappointed he was with Xenobra Xenoblade Chronicle Two. <laughs> Xenoblade Chronicle Two. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, I decided that. That that's the last bad review that I heard, and I had to try it for myself. Mm -hmm. Well, for... you know what? I didn't give it a bad review. What I said was I, I really enjoyed the world, but it just seemed to me that it was very um, just very not fun to play. <laughs> yeah, which in my eyes makes it a bad game. Okay, like yeah. So I'm, I'm about eight, nine hours into this game, if I'm not mistaken. I totally understand where you're coming from with the, the, the consistent tutorials that are flying at you. Trying to introduce, like, main pieces to the game, but, like, you're already nine hours into this game. I'm over that, and I'm still getting new tutorials. It's ridiculous. Like, it's there, there's, no re there's no reason for it. No, it doesn't make any sense. Like, okay, so the game is pretty linear at the beginning. It's teaching you a bunch of the stuff. I get that. That's fine. Certain story pieces happen, which I will say, although the voice acting is terrible, the story oh, is actually pretty good. Okay. I, I was really enjoying the story and where it was going, how characters were being introduced. Yeah. The world that they created, as Trickster said before, is amazing. Yeah. It's just, my God, the gameplay. You enter the first big sandbox that you're supposed to explore. This place is littered. And I mean littered just with teaming. enemies. Just teeming. Yeah. Like you, you, you can't look a, like a few feet away without seeing something moving. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Now, some monsters are hostile and some are docile. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. The docile ones, they won't battle you until you engage a battle with them. Yeah. Right? The problem is that all the hostile ones are the more powerful ones. Yeah. That run all around the world at any point in time. Uh, so let's say you're battling something and you're doing all right and you, you feel like the battle's going to go through and all right, cool. All of a sudden this wolf comes out of nowhere and just wrecks your shit. And you can't do a damn thing about it. And the worst one is that in the first world, so you get to that area at like level 7 or 8, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. There's a level 85 gorilla running around. <laughs> just, causing, just causing havoc. Yeah. Just firing around the stage like a goddamn pinball. It makes no sense. Yeah, Polly, how is that battle system? 
Uh, boring as Tell us about the battle system. It is the most boring battle system I have ever experienced in an RPG ever. And this is oh, from you're, an you're action right. RPG. Yeah, you're right. You stand there, and it's essentially like, if you guys have ever played, like, let's say Chrono Trigger or, like, some of the um, SNES uh, Final Fantasies, you know, the, the action battle gauge, right? Yeah. Or the action point gauge, yeah, yeah. right? That's essentially what this game is. You stand there, and you just attack, attack. Attack, attack. The, what it's doing is pretty much auto-resolving the action gauge yeah. consistently. So you're doing nothing. You're just staring at the screen while you're attacking this thing automatically. And then what happens is when you hit attacks, your um, oh god, arts, I believe they're called, yeah. will power up. And then you can just like use an art and then just sit there for a little bit. And then like, they use have, an they art and like there a little scene bit. While they have like, the there's big no, attack. And... No, there's no cutscenes. Oh, okay. no, no, except it's... for the special. Yeah, that oh, one okay. is the only yeah. one where like something will happen and you can build it up to like four or five levels before you use it. But the game is so boring, so like poorly put together in the first eight hours. I just don't want to fucking play it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm so disappointed because there's so many good action RPGs out there and so many bad ones, and this one has like topped the list of like one of the worst ARPGs that I've played. In recent memory. I feel like I need to play this just to see how bad it is. It's, well, you can, it's you can borrow bad. one of our copies, I think, so I'm in, I'm in no rush to start playing it again. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I, I am going to leave it off on um, one one final thought, and that's Xenoblade Chronicles needs to be a fucking anime, not a game. Yeah. If it was an anime and it went, like, you know, episode by episode, do, like, a 45-episode-long series and just be done with it... It would have been incredible. I would have been like you know gushing all over it. Yeah. But because the story's not bad, and like there's a part that there's a part like in the first like few hours that actually had me like almost kind of choked up. Like it's re- same. It's really like it happened. You're like wow, like, they actually went there. Eh? And yeah. It was really good. But then like you get back to playing and you realize this game fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <You> know? <laughs> yeah. I'm uh I'm I'm not too impressed. Yeah. Can't say I'm too impressed. So rating being what one out of infinity? <laughs> I, I no, you know what? I would I, I myself would give it like a four out of like ten. Okay. Yeah, I was I was kind of thinking that it's you know a, like a, a solid like you know five out of twelve. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's certainly below average, but it's not like the worst thing you'll ever play. Yeah. It's, it's it's just it's just really mediocre. Yeah. You could probably see somebody enjoying it at some point in time, but just wondering how it all went wrong. Well, people swear by it. Yeah. They, yeah, the game has a huge following and a lot of fans. If, just... if you like grinding, you are yeah. going to love this game. That must be it. It must be just like the the what I consider the monster hunter contingent. Yes, one hundred percent. Very similar. And, and the world is living, which I really liked about it. Like there was in the first area, there's a um, well. The world I should I should start somewhere completely different. The world is set on top of a quote unquote sea of clouds. Yeah. Now the sea of clouds has a tide which will rise and lower. And you have to go to certain titans, which are the islands or worlds that exist yeah. in this world, right? With that in mind, the tides will come up and go down at incremental times within the game. Mm-hmm. And that will open up new areas for you to get to or close off other ones. Okay. In certain, you know, aspects of what you're trying to find, which is really cool. But, like, again, the game just falls short. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a shame. Yeah. Arzy, what have you been playing? Yeah. Gungeon, 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 Gungeon. Really nothing else. I still haven't beat the game yet. I 
I got to the final boss on run 32. Okay. I was having a great fucking run. I had the full metal jacket, which automatically oh, uses... Oh, I love that. I had the full metal jacket, which automatically uses your blanks, which are the upgrades that basically like clear the stage for our yep. listeners that haven't played before. Mm-hmm. I also had the elder blank, which is the recharging blank. <laughs> So I had some great fucking synergies going. Like I had, um, and I also had the uh, Ghostbusters gun. Like nice. The, and I was doing awesome. And I got to the last stage, and you know I got greedy. I had a solid amount of hearts, and then I'm like, you know what? I've been clearing every single floor. Maybe I'll find more loot or find more money or whatever. Yeah. And all I ended up doing was wasting like half of my health. Yeah. So I ended up getting the final boss down to something like, like twenty percent of health left before I just couldn't. Oh, that sucks. And I so hate when I that realized happens. that had I not, had I just gone straight to the boss at that point when I had like most of my health. Yeah. All, like all, like, and that's the other thing too is I wasted so much fucking ammunition on those rooms for almost no payoff. Had I just gone to the boss, I probably would have beaten the game. Damn. Have you not beaten it yet? No, I still haven't beaten it yet. I, I've gotten to the final boss, I think, like, three times on different runs. Like Jesus. It's, you have to get the right amount of synergy, and it's the kind of game that, like, if you're even a little bit tired... Yeah. And just, like, it's the kind of thing, like, you fuck up once, and then you get dejected, and then it's almost like you're out there to kill yourself afterwards. Yeah. Like, you, you just want to end the run because you're so pissed off. I've, I've only made it to the third level, and every third boss is, has not necessarily destroyed me, but I think yeah. I've gotten to the point where, like, I've gotten maybe 25%. Yeah. It takes some time. Like, I've, I've reached the point where, like, I only die against, like, a first or second level, level boss if I'm having a really bad run and I have, like, no good weapons. Yeah. Like, I'm not patient enough to beat a boss with, like, a pistol. Okay. Like, I'll get annoyed too fast and start getting risky and then just ended up, ended up getting myself killed. Yeah. I don't have yeah. the patience that this game really requires. But I'm enjoying the hell out of it, and I, I love how the game always feel, like you always feel like you're rewarded in some way for having a run yeah even if it's just getting a couple galactic credits which you use to unlock shit later mm-hmm. like oh and then i would compare let's say binding of isaac where if the card just aren't with you like you're fucked and you have nothing to show for it yeah i've gotten so many bad like upgrades through loot yeah that have completely destroyed my run yeah so it is pretty contingent on what you get yeah but I will say the more I started unlocking the boxes in the breach, the more I started getting way better weapons as time yeah. went on. I got the first elevator, which um, the elevators can move you down to certain levels. So you automatically start at a later level. Exactly. So when you do that, there's a, a guy who will like let you get an upgrade for free. Mm-hmm. Those I've somehow upgraded to like things like the snowballer. Which yeah. I love that gun. Yeah, it completely well. It'll freeze and slow down enemies for you. Well, because I think so for it's bosses, a, it's I amazing. think the um, the rat guy that gives you those items at level. It uh, depends on what you've unlocked at a certain class. So ah. I think uh, when you for the level two elevator, you start off with like a level either a level C or a level D gun. And every, I think um, every so often it resets. I don't know what the trigger is. Like so, you get there's a different assortment. Oh, okay, fair enough. And obviously some of those are better than others. Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, the snowballer I love. It's one of my favorite guns. I would love to give this game a review, but I I feel like I can't do it until I at least beat the fucking game. (laughs) Just once. (laughs) Just once. Review in progress. Yeah. And then I can move on with my life. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> What's next for you after Gungeon? I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how long this is going to go. So I could either take a foray into Xenoblade 2 and hate myself for a while. Yep. 
though it's kind of I wonder if I could enjoy it kind of like you enjoy like a really bad B movie just going into this thing this is gonna be horrible so the expectations low and maybe pleasantly surprised it leaves you wanting man like you yeah you're, you're gonna you're gonna like you'll love the world and you'll just wish they'd done it better and, and that, that's mechanics. my concern too is that even if I don't like the game that I'm so, like I'll just basically drag myself across the coals for whatever three hundred hours of gameplay that requires. Just I, to see I, the I can't. I can't do that. It's just too. It's too much, man. Yeah. I'm. I'm with Ryan. Oh, sorry, RZ. How dare! You? <laughs> I. I, I have a feeling I'm going to try to get back to it and give it another shot. I think it has one more run left in me, and then if I don't find any enjoyment in any time after that, I'm dropping it. it. Fair enough. Burning the cart. Keeping the collector's edition. Nice special edition, though, yeah. yeah. The art book it comes with is huge. I actually made my way through it. It is fucking fantastic. Yeah. Speaking of burning out on runs and feeling horrible... <laughs> <laughs> So, breaking news that Billy Mitchell has been stripped of all of his Twin Galaxy and Guinness records amidst evidence of cheating. What a twist! <laughs> like that segue, eh, bud? Oh, that was a good one. That was a good one. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy, either. Oh. <laughs> I've, been, I've been saying it for years. To anyone who's seen uh, King of Kong, yeah. Fistful of Quarters, Billy Mitchell is a colossal piece of shit. Oh, yeah. And he deserves all of the bad things in life to happen to him. And if this is the beginning of his downfall, then thank God, I say. Have you seen him? The guy looks like a real-life version of Ben Stiller in Dodgeball. Like, I've ne I've legitimately never seen either of those movies, so enlighten me, please. Well, it's, it's one movie. Oh, I thought, yeah. oh, I thought you said, I thought the way you said it. No, the, movie, like the movie's called King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, and basically, it's a documentary about... Uh... uh uh, what the hell's the game? Donkey Kong. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking King Kong. I'm an idiot. Uh, no, the, the don the original Donkey Kong arcade game and like um, people who are trying to get the high score. So there's Billy Mitchell. He had the the recorded high score. Yeah. But then a new guy comes along named Steve Weeby. Yeah. And he's like the total opposite of, of Billy Mitchell. That he's a nice guy. He's a family guy. He's just he's really down to earth. He, he's just he, really good at Donkey he, Kong. And mm -hmm. he's good at Donkey Kong. He he basically he was a teacher, but he bought a Donkey Kong machine to like play in his garage, and he would just play it. And he just got really, really good. Yeah. So then he hears about Twin Galaxies, which is this arc former arcade and and record um, keeping sort of company for for our, for old old arcade video games, and uh, he decides that he wants to try to go. He wants to go there and try to beat the record, and he wants to also meet up with Billy Mitchell and basically have kind of like a challenge. Yeah. Um, without giving too much away, like. None of that really happens, and it's kind of like a sad story in a way, but um, okay. it's really fascinating, and I highly recommend watching it if you haven't. Yeah. It's a great documentary. It is, and this is, I mean, this is before the world of Twitch. I mean, if anybody yeah. who knows anything about speedrunning in the current day and age, everything's online now. People will run the runs, submit it to speedrun.com right now, which was, or I should say, the spiritual successor to uh, Twin Galaxies and what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. But back then, it's exactly what Trickster said. You actually had to go there to do the record and do it in front in front of one of the referees. Yeah. So this left a human element to the uh, to the mix, which allowed Billy Mitchell to go in, schmooze and or bribe and or who knows what with the. Uh, they viewed the him as a god. They viewed yeah. him as yeah. a god, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So they allowed him to get away with fucking everything. Yeah. And that was it. It's important to note too that it's not speed running; it's high scores. Yes. Yeah. So, but it's how everything kind of came it, through, right? Exa exactly. Yeah. It's 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 um, 
and it's really fascinating to learn about how like these old arcade machines work and like you can only get to like a certain point before the machine basically shuts down so that's why the high score is a big deal because it's certain yeah exactly or in a certain speed so like in donkey if, if you've played the original donkey kong um you'll know you have to like go through each level from the bottom to the top right yeah. mm-hmm. so these guys they don't try to do it that quickly they try to stay in level as long as they can and mm-hmm. get as many points as they can by jumping over the barrels and, and whatnot and yeah. you really have to be locked in to do it yeah the important thing though is that billy mitchell's an idiot and he apparently cheated and now he doesn't have the record so yeah i think the big piece is more specifically with his donkey kong record is that he denied time after time after time after time that he wasn't using a main machine now for anybody that doesn't know what a main machine is it's a uh, an emulated arcade cabinet with a piece of software or an operating system on it i should say that can pretty much run anything so it's set up to run you know nes games snes games old arcade classics whatever it is so with this in mind it's very easy to um, mod and fuck with the ROMs that'll go onto the system. Therefore, they are disqualified from all Twin Galaxies uh, runs for Donkey Kong, Pac-Man, all that kind of stuff. They found out that Billy Mitchell was using a main machine. Therefore, <laughs> see you later, buddy. And he denied it time after time after time. No, he still no, is I've denying it. Yeah, of course he's still yeah, denying yeah. it. Oh, I've never played on main machine. <laughs> But you can see it in his runs. The way that I, I will say, there's a few videos on YouTube that you can find that'll show his runs and more in-depth uh, looks at them. But it's way it's the way the screens transition from one to the other. It's an instant tell yeah. that it's a main machine compared to the original board. So the fact that this took this long really shows that you know how far up Twin Galaxy was in fucking Billy Mitchell's ass. Yeah, and uh, you know I, I still can't believe it. It's fucking crazy. Well, the public the public court of appeal has definitely spoken, uh-huh. and far be it for me to give him to mob, uh, mob justice, but I feel like he should be made to run naked through a cornfield. Yes! Agreed. In other news, <laughs> uh, so Sega's released a first-party version of the Mega Drive system. Yep. Uh, which also begs the question, what the fuck is going on with Virtual Console? <laughs> Oh, there's so much. There's so much. I mean, I don't know about you, but I get the Groupon emails all the damn time for, like, the Sega retro systems that they've been trying to unload, which I imagine the market is probably likely quite saturated, but I wish them the best. As for Virtual Console, I don't think we're going to hear shit about it until uh, Nintendo gets their shit together in terms of just a virtual service in general. With the popular theory being this Netflix of gaming that we keep calling it. Yep. Um, it sounds like the Nintendo paid online service and their virtual console are intrinsically linked, so fat chance of getting one without the other. Uh, My hunch is that also any sort of cloud backups is probably going to be linked to this service as well. Yeah, well, I mean, this this begs the question that if this does happen, if we are going to, uh, get a virtual console streaming service almost like, uh, Netflix of sorts, where you can go in and pick your game... Is this going to affect the price of the online? Is it going to be tied to the online? Because they were yeah. mentioning that's going to be $20 a year. Yeah. I think if anybody could pay $20 a year to play every virtual console game they could possibly think of, it's an instant buy. Yeah. I feel like the, the price is set way too low. It's probably going to come up to somewhere closer to what PlayStation is doing. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe even higher. We could be looking at $70 a year or $100 a year instead. For the service, or maybe we're going to look at something tiered, where yeah. for online you get 20, 
And for an extra $70, you're going to get the online service yeah, with the virtual That's console. more what I was going to suggest, mm -hmm. is that it's probably going to be some kind of tiered system. If that's, the, if that's the case, if I have to pay like 80 90 100 bucks a year to play all the old uh, N64 games, all the old GameCube games, all yeah. the old Wii games, if they give us everything, sure, I'll pay that. Yeah. Whatever, that's fine. But if they're, it's only if it's only like if they're only like you know kind of like drip drabbing like NES and Super NES games over time, that's bullshit. Yeah, I completely you know? agree. They need to give us. They need to give you access to it all if they're going to be charging a premium price. Yeah, look at Netflix. Netflix did terribly until they started getting actually good movies and yeah. a yeah. lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see as that goes. Yeah. Um, I don't care about anything else that happened in the news. So. No. <laughs> That's the most natural way I could go for a break right now. <laughs> when we get back, we'll be talking about RPGs. Long pause. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Bye. So today we'll be discussing the legacy of RPGs as regards to <laughs> video games. So, in talking about Xenoblade 2 and how it's come so far from the pen and paper RPGs from the past, yep. we wanted to more talk about that, getting back to the roots of how those humble pen and paper RPGs that I'm still a massive enthusiast about, and I know both of you boys are, Oh yeah. Um, and how they spawned you know, the pen and paper, what you would consider the pen and paper video games. Like, some of them as simple as little ASCII-coded... Uh, yeah, your text-based games. Yeah, text-based games. Um, to the original Final Fantasy. Yeah. To um, current itinerations, like whether actually licensed, something like a Baldur's Gate or a Shadow Run that are actually directly based from their um, pen and paper worlds. Or some like Divinity Original Sin that's very heavily influenced. But even arguably games like Skyrim or even more modern things now all really lend um, their ancestry looking back to pen and paper RPGs. Yeah, of course. I mean, the, the reason that we saw games like Final Fantasy and Dragon's Quest is because of that. And that's, that's on the NES, which is a mid console in the lineage of like video games so you're going yeah. back all the way to like you know the early pc games like i was mentioning before the um the, the text adventures like oregon trail or the first person rpgs which i can't remember any of them for the life of me but all of that kind of stuff i think it was awesome in a sense until it really broke away from what it was trying to emulate in a yeah. sense i think a lot of it came from the removal of the DM and the insertion of a... I don't even know if that's a word. What? Insertion? Yeah. Insertion? Yeah. Okay, works. fair enough. Yeah. The insertion of a true story that was, you know, point A to point B instead of something that was more procedurally generated, something that was more, you know, user-based instead of, like, like a Fallout, let's yeah. say, or something like that. I think that's where the divide really started to come in, and these things became more video games than... RPGs, yeah. the, in the true sense of the word. I mean, there's always going to be the differences just based on the medium themselves. A video game does not have the ability to uh, 
ad-lib or yep. um, it doesn't have the ability to uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, improvise thank you yeah, yeah. Um, whereas a video game by nature must be scripted there's got to be a finite amount of options that you can have yeah. yeah I would argue that there's always been that aspect of curatedness even in the earliest days of D&D there's still the, uh, the DM who is building the world in, in, which would be the similar vein of whomever the game designer is yeah but there's still always the ability to throw that plan out the window when you're talking to somebody <laughs> uh, person to person if I realize in a game that the idea I had isn't really panning out then I can just throw that aside and fix it on the fly or a video yep. game it has to be perfect it has or not necessarily perfect it has to be rigid yeah and so you have to be prepared for all the different options there it's true and it's that is a major distinction. Like I, so I've I've only, I've been playing D and D for the last basically three years. Yeah, now. three years. Um, my DM, I don't know if you guys know him. His name is Ryan or something. But, uh, um, no idea who you're talking. <laughs> about. Um, but it's I, I had never played it before. I started this particular campaign, and you do realize as things go along, though, like even things that the DM might have planned out meticulously. Might not happen at all because yeah. the, the party might just do yeah, something that? completely different. Exactly. Whereas in a video game, except for maybe a few very very rare cases, there's always going to be like something that is going to happen no matter what you do. Yep. You can't you can't avoid it. Yeah. And it's it's it is a big difference. And it, it, but it also some people might view that as like kind of like a what's what's the word I'm looking like for a necessary evil. Not even necessary evil, like they may view that as like a limitation of the medium. Oh yes, but it's just a different medium. Yeah, it takes yeah. the the tried and true RPG concept and just changes it a little bit. Yeah, like if if it was really fast and, and like open and, and fancy free, like a D and D game can be, it would be a lot different. Yeah, and I don't think they I don't think they could do it as well as they do like with, with as like a pen and paper RPG. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, would, it would be impossible. There's just way yeah. too many things you'd have to program into. Yeah, I, I was gonna use uh, an example from our campaign. Now, as Trickster said, uh, him and I are both playing in a campaign where RZ is our DM. We've been Ooh, doing this what? for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> And there's one story that will always stick with me, and it was closer to the beginning of the campaign. We were sent on a, uh, oh god, a, a mission of sorts to it capture a, these orcs. It was a fetch quest. Yeah, it was. Let's a fetch be, quest. Serious, uh, be serious. Yeah. <laughs> those are early days. It was. Yeah, yeah we, we were sent out to sorry, not capture these orcs, but to slaughter them and bring back you know the things that they have stole had stolen from the town that we were working in. So, with that in mind, we were all playing um, good characters. Yes. Therefore, we felt like it was not in our character to kill these guys, so we tried to reason with them. Now, that reasoning went out the window pretty damn quickly when Trickster decided uh, to... Before, before we say when things went off the rails, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's start how I set this up from my uh, perspective. Yes, good call. So this is very early on in my D&D DMing world. I've only been DMing about as long as you guys have been playing. Yeah. Uh, it was like a month in. Yeah. If, if that. Yeah. So I had in my mind that having that video game logic of it, there's going to be a good path and a bad path. You were hired by this very shifty noble to kill some thieves. But why did they seal his food? He doesn't care. He just wants their heads. Yeah. Um, and going there thinking in my head, okay, I'll put them on this quest. They'll meet these people, see what's going on, and decide from there whether they want to make the good decision or the bad decision. <laughs> yeah. And I had in my mind that these thieves aren't going to be that, even though they're orcs, they're not those bad guys, not that bad of guys. They just wanted food to get along and move 
on their merry way to make them uh, make their way somewhere else. <laughs> Not thinking that that video game logic comes in, let's say as somebody coming from Fallout, that unless something happens that directly punishes you for doing good or bad, yeah. you're just going to do whatever is in the incentive <laughs> of the player. Um, which we refer to in the DM world as being a fucking murder hobo. <laughs> <laughs> and so, coming to this position that I was hoping that there'd be perhaps some tense negotiations and things would go one way or another. And what did you guys decide to do when you wanted to negotiate? <laughs> so, we were trying to find a way, if I'm not mistaken, to show that we had killed the killed the orcs without killing the orcs. Exactly. Yeah, so you wanted to be a good guy, but you also wanted to collect on the quest. Exactly. So, full disclosure, I had only been playing D&D for a couple weeks. I, I, I had the brilliant idea that I was going to make this work, and I said to them... Maybe you maybe you have a few extra limbs lying around that we could just take. <laughs> and I'll never forget RZ's look of disgust as he says, roll for initiative. <laughs> like he was just so like... <laughs> it just went so... It, it, I just handled it completely wrong. But it was one of those things where like... It, 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 I don't think that was you expected that to happen. No, I didn't expect that to happen. And, and I love to paraphrase it as, we don't need any trouble, just give us your limbs. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so we instantly took them as savages, which yes. is also incredibly racist. In video game, tropes, tropes is tropes. It, hey, look, you're right, tropes is tropes. But at the end of the day, then we tried to um, intimidate them. Yeah. Without... But let's not, let's not necessarily get into the details. You're right, you're right, you're right. These yeah. things went terribly awry, and I personally learned a big lesson that not only should I not be making lanes for good and bad, I don't need to. And so the one survivor of that orc party became a recurring villain for several days, and that's how I was like, for that several was... sessions, and I was able to then vent my frustrations on the group in that matter. That that was the big piece I wanted to touch on, is that this, this one NPC that was supposed to be with us in just one episode mm -hmm. of this campaign, just a one-off... Hey, and maybe a call back or whatever. Later. Exactly, became this nemesis for us for like what half a year? A while. Yeah. yeah. Fucking a throg. Long, a long time. <laughs> throg. Throg. Is you're right. Warcraft. You're right. Yeah. Throg. Where did I get? It was just. Uh, well, I'm assuming Warcraft mm -hmm. as well, but who knows? I saw a lot of names from Warhammer. Yeah, um, it's a thing. But I mean, that's that's more my side with like the whole like you know tabletop has that crazy amount of. Variables that can come into yeah, just effect. versatility. Yeah, and just completely change everything that was planned already in yeah. the beginning. Where, I mean, on the other side, you're looking at a game like, let's say, Chrono Trigger. Not to yeah. say that a game of that caliber comes out very often. Mm -hmm. But it would be rare to have a story that intense, that well thought out, that, you know, really engaging to happen in a tabletop game compared to something again like Chrono Trigger. So yeah. I mean there's there's pluses on either side and how each one has taken its own and ran with it is amazing. The fact that both can coexist. Well what's interesting to me too is when you look at the split between the American RPG and the Japanese RPG, yeah. you see two very distinct aspects of the initial pen and paper RPG that got split off in different directions. Yes. Where, as you mentioned, something like Chrono Trigger, a Japanese RPG, though it has this very strong, linear, lofty story for the most part, mm -hmm. um, which is not necessarily indicative of D&D, what it does have is those crunchy, turn-by-turn, -turn, tactical fighting systems. Whereas 
um, sort of more keeping the crunch aspect of pen and paper RPGs. Yep. While yeah. American RPGs keep that, or are at least more prone to keeping that open-ended, you make your character, you basically, you you can take the side quest if you want to, but you don't fucking have to, and yeah. unless you're really trying to like platinum a game. Like something like Skyrim, I would actually say... Um, but I guess the, the two sides, and I, I know I was saying Japanese RPGs, but you'll have something like Skyrim, which, in terms of actual feeling of playing D&D, that open-endedness and just going wherever you want and killing shit, mm-hmm. I would say that captures that side of experience. Well, something like Divinity, Original Sin, or a lot of, uh, like, obviously Baldur's Gate, something that is literally D&D, have that more... Um, they have that pen and paper mythos and feel, but it's more in terms of the mechanics where it really, like, it, it belies its heritage. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll agree with that 100%. Not to mention, I mean, when it comes to the, the American-style RPG, which is crazy in my eyes, because I know how intensive it can be in the Japanese side and how game-breaking everything can be if you min-max, which has always been a part of the game in and yeah. of itself for every aspect, is everything's so, like, stat-oriented mm-hmm. with most American games. Where Japanese games more focus on the story in and of itself, which I yeah. love. It's just, it's it's such a crazy divide in how you, most, you know, certain cultures took that idea and really just ran with it. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's just years of evolution and what makes more sense for the medium. And as yeah. we've gotten more graphical power, we've had the ability to afford more open-ended games. Yeah. Like something like on the NES, you really can't program in that many no. branching paths. Yeah. You know, it wasn't really until, like, we got to the 64 PlayStation era where you get something like, I don't know, was it Star Ocean? Or yeah. those kind of games that have, or, like... Uh, you can't even release a 64, because 64 didn't have, like, a killer RPG. Yeah, didn't have they, any they, RPGs They never did. Well, had, yeah. they had, uh... Quest, Quest 64. 64. <laughs> oh, God, that, that monstrosity. Oh, they did have... Uh, I never played it myself, but they did have Ogre Battle 64, which was oh, apparently okay. quite uh, oh, quite dude, highly that's... revered. Was there yeah, a Fire Emblem yeah. game for 64? Not, no. In, not no. here. Oh, Maybe in Japan. Yeah. Oh, we should pull up that book at some point and take a yeah. look. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's. I mean, with the with the Ogre series specifically, that was that was a very rare case. I mean, that game was a game that influenced and was completely derived from like the Final Fantasy tactics yeah. of that day, right? That that very strategy oriented, grid based, and there were Ogre tactics games from that point forward that are still probably being made, if I'm not mistaken, for the Vita because you know JRPG machine yeah. and so on. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it just it blows me away. I I love playing both because you see both sides of it. Mm-hmm. I will say that one thing I really truly love about the video game side is that there's a lot more variance because the games are more self-contained. Where a lot of people will stick to something like D and D and play D and D for a decade just because of how much is you can do within that game, how many times you can replay it. There isn't a lot of change in the game itself. Just in the story and maybe how you play your character. There's also the, the social aspect too, right? Yeah. Of course. Like, like, a, like a tabletop game, you're playing with others. You know, an RPG on a video game, a video game console, you're pr- most likely playing by yourself. I think yeah. that's an extremely important part that we haven't touched on yet. Is the yes. difference from when you get a by nature collaborative game and then turn it into what is almost exclusively a single person experience. Yeah. Like there are some multiplayer RPG, like Divinity, World of Warcraft. Yeah. 
I, I would um, even argue Final Fantasy oh, VI. Oh yeah, like so we even talk that. about MMOs, like where you bring into that, yeah. like that, taking that social aspect and really running with it. What do you mean Final Fantasy VI? Final Fantasy VI had a multiplayer mode. Now you couldn't control the character on the overworld as player two, but in battle you can control one or many. Different, yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, it was awesome. That's actually that was my first uh, experience with Final Fantasy VI or Final Fantasy III over here. Yeah, really was yeah playing at my friend Steve's house and uh, playing as a secondary character where he would play as like let's say I don't know I think it was like Edgar I'd play as Sabin or something. Okay, okay. Yeah, because my dad used to play that all the time. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. That you could do, you could play with with others. That's awesome. Yeah, that that is still arguably one of my favorite RPGs of all time. Well, it's that a classic. Can't be beat. Fucking fantastic. Yeah, back to your prior point, it's interesting to point out, or uh, I guess the argument that can be made that um, the limitations of like um, video games being sort of finite, except in the uh, examples of, let's say, an MMO, which can be just constantly renewed and updated and yep. uh, more content added to, um, it kind of behooves you to have more variety. Yep. Whereas if you really uh, get into a lane, like even in terms of RPGs, like D&D is just so king yeah there's no there's no i wouldn't say there's any real video game franchise anymore at least in the rpg world that has that much of a dominance like you might have used to been able to say that about final fantasy but they they're not not even close they're not the king anymore it fell off you know it would be the fallout so like the the bethesda games i would probably say offhand unless you want to get into mmos yeah like world of warcraft is just on another level that will never be I don't think anyone's anything's ever going to match that again. Well, I mean, you could you could pull comparisons from both realistically. Where a game is let's say self-contained like the Final Fantasy series or Dragon yeah. Quest or whatever it is, it's harder for them to stay on top because there's so it's so easy for somebody else to enter the fray yeah. and say like, "Hey, try out my game." And then people fall in love with it. Yeah. Where when you're looking at something like D&D, Pathfinder, whatever, and the MMO world, like World of Warcraft and who knows what else, mm-hmm. the social aspect makes it easier to become a monopoly if you really take off. Yeah. Because people don't want to give up their characters, right? And I start see. anew, right? Or really lose their friends within that that issue, right? It's a whole console battle in a sense. Yeah. Right? That's an interesting concept because making a new pen and paper RPG, the overhead is so much lower yeah. to develop one of those, uh, like yeah. arguably versus a video game. 100%. Like, I mean, I've seen a few. There's one other that I've wanted to try for a while as he plays like these little rodents like hamsters and mice and whatever and the major enemies are like ferrets and weasels and So it's like a Redwall game? Almost in a sense, yeah, but it's not Redwall okay. in and of itself, but it is, I'm assuming, very influenced by it. Okay. Yeah, but it's it's there are games out there. It's just nobody really tries to play them because yeah. everybody just wants to play D&D. Well, I don't know about that. I think... Um, perhaps, Paulie, you just need to be diving a little bit more into that. <laughs> You're right. Scene. You're right. There, there are st- there are very strong fan bases for other games, but it's just the D and D is the king. Is the king. Like I don't think anyone will dispute that in terms of just like size. Like it, it is. Yeah. And longevity. It's a juggernaut. Yeah. It's been around for what, like forty years? Yeah. Close to it. Yeah. Well, I think it's the first. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Yeah, like, it's, it's the first and biggest and probably yeah. always will be unless they have some horrible mi- uh, missteps somewhere in the future. But yeah. the way things are going right now with between Stranger Things and yeah. uh, like other areas that are just D&D is becoming more and more mainstream and it's never been bigger. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree. It, it's such a solid game. I mean, to our listeners, if you guys haven't played D&D, 
Find a way to do it. it. It'll completely open up your eyes. And I will say this. Don't play it as a video game. Really try to like immerse yourself in the RP aspect. Try to become that character. Try to make decisions that aren't a murder hobo decision. Yeah. As, as RZ was saying before. Really try to think out what your plan could be. Because there's something out there that you know would be maybe thinking outside of the box. That could work and really make the experience that much better because of it. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the real difference, like, uh, uh, that'll differentiate a D&D from an MMO. Yeah. And D&D, like, it, it changed my life, like, positively for the better. Like, even just, like, socially, like, I knew both of you guys before D&D. Yep. Yeah. But we didn't get really close until, yeah. really, D&D, you know? And, and it's just, I've met people through it, and it's just, it's something that I, we, we play, like, what, like, twice a month, usually? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's something that I look forward to, like... In the days leading up to it, all the time, it's just always a good time. Yeah, and the same in terms of like a creative outlet and just even yeah. just the social aspect, giving yeah. you an excuse to hang out with the buddies. That gets harder and harder the older you get. It's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It definitely changed my life as well. Yeah, and uh, also as a little finisher piece to my you know play D and D tabletop RPGs thing. If you're not enjoying your time with the people that you're playing with, find new people to play with. Yeah, because a lot it, a lot of it is controlled by the people you do play with, their personalities and um, the way they play the game. You need to find a group that's going to match your style. If you find that, you are set. No D no D and D is better than bad D and D. Yeah, yeah. Unlike pizza. <laughs> 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 oh, fantastic. Well, I can't think of a better note to end on than that. Yeah, that's pretty much so, perfect. So, uh, yeah. Polly, where can they find us? You guys can find us on at some point in time in the future, maybe YouTube, but beyond that, we are on SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, and PodBay, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if I doubled up on any of those, but whatever, fair enough. Uh, if you guys want to reach out to us, you can find us on Facebook, Game & Watch It with an ampersand. Uh, at some point, I hope we get back to our Instagram page, and that's at Game and Watch It, and that's the word and spelled out. Mm -hmm. And uh, I believe that's it. Actually, can I do a shameless plug? plug? Sure. I'm going to do a shameless plug. So Make it fast. I'm uh, making it super <laughs> fast. Uh, a friend of mine, Andy, or friends of mine, Andy, Chris, and I, we're uh, starting a different uh, Let's Play channel called Hold B. If you guys want to come check us out, just look up Hold B, and uh, we'll be there. I subscribed. Ah! <laughs> right and a rock falls on your head and you die. Ah! <laughs>